Welcome to the podcast of Maranatha Ministries. I'm Rick Frank, Senior Pastor of Maranatha, and I pray you'll be blessed by today's message. You can access all of our church information by going to our website at www.mmchurch.com or on all social media by searching at mmchurch. And now be blessed by listening to today's message. We are on part five of preaching about Gideon and you. I want you to know that when I started five weeks ago preaching on Gideon, I expected to preach on him for one Sunday. And it has now turned into five parts, and I cannot finish it all today. It's going to be at least six, possibly seven parts. But that's how the Lord moves. As I started putting my messages together, more and more stuff came. I've preached on Gideon before, probably said a lot of these things over the years. Who knows? But it doesn't hurt to hear it again. Can you say amen? And uh, I'm not the only one that's preached on Gideon. Gideon's a very popular topic to preach on. Uh, so maybe we've heard all of these things before, but hey, there's, there's, there's scriptures in the Bible that are there more than once. Amen? So we've talked about in part one, and all of these messages are online. If you search Maranatha Ministries UPC on YouTube, you will find all of these sermons there. We preached part one. We talked about God using the terrible times to raise up the church, which he is doing. We've talked about how the fact that God sees more than we see. He understands things that we don't understand, so we need to trust Him. We talked in part three about the fact that God confirms His priorities with His presence. Aren't you glad for the presence of the Lord and to feel His, feel his touch? And then we uh, preached uh, last week on how important it is to have a private walk with God and not just a public one. What I mean by that is, how it's important that we pray when no one's looking, and we worship when no one's looking, and we read our Bibles when no one's looking, and we, we live a holy life when no one's looking, and we serve God whether people are watching us or not watching us, because it's what we do behind the scenes that often affects what we do in public. Can you say amen? And so uh, a lot has happened um, in this story as we build up to where we are today. Gideon and all of Israel had failed God. And the Lord, and as a result, they were under Midianite oppression. They were under the oppression of the Midianites because of their failure. And uh, Gideon got a visit from an angel. I'm just reiterating a couple of things here. He got a, uh, he got a visit from an angel who referred to him as a mighty man of valor, and he did not see himself that way. How many of you see yourself as a mighty man or a mighty woman of valor here this morning? Anybody? Anybody besides me? No, me neither. <laughs> I'm just joking. But the angel called Gideon a mighty man of valor, and Gideon was shocked by that salutation, and he questioned God. He said, if we're so mighty, how come so many bad things are happening to us? Do you ever feel that way? We, I don't need to re-preach re it. That's in sermon number somewhere, three or four. Listen to all of them if you haven't heard them. But God confirms with Gideon that he has sent him to do the work, and uh, last week, I believe it was last week, that we talked about the fact that Gideon tore down that altar that was built to Baal, and with the material from that altar, he built an altar to God. And that's what we need to do. We need to tear down the altars we have built to this world and use that energy and use that knowledge and use that talent to build up the kingdom of God. Can you say amen? All right, so today I want to look at Judges chapter 6 and verse number 33. 
The Bible says here that all the Midianites and the Amalekites, the people of the east, gathered together and they crossed over and they encamped in the valley of Jezreel. Historians and Bible scholars tell us that this was an army of approximately 135,000 people. 135,000 people in this army, not just the Midianites, but just the army of the Midianites and the Amalekites, approximately 135,000 people. The Bible tells us that the Spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon, and uh, when Gideon realized that God was beginning to move here in our midst again, and we've got this army uh, 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 gathering to come in, what they would do is they would come in and they would the Israelites would work to gather their harvest and the armies would come in and steal it all. And uh, so that's why Gideon was in hiding, actually, uh, uh, doing all his work because he didn't want the Midianites to see it and find it and steal it. So Gideon, because God has spoken to him, called him a mighty man of valor already. He was brave, and the Bible tells us that he blew the trumpet and the Abizrites, they gathered behind him, which were some of his people, He sent messengers throughout Manasseh, who also gathered behind him. He sent messengers to Asher, to Zebulun. These were some of the tribes of Israel, to Naphtali. And the Bible says that they they all came out to meet him. They were going to go to war against these Midianites. Problem is, when Gideon looked at the Midianites, and there was 135,000 of them, and then he looked at his followers who came to join him, there was only about uh, 32,000 of them. About 32,000 against 135,000. So it was about four to one. Every, every soldier had to beat four other soldiers for this to work. Um, I don't know about you, but I think me and God is enough to handle anything. All right? Can you say amen? So Gideon called on everyone to go to battle, and not enough showed up in Gideon's mind. He'd like to at least meet fire with fire. Now listen, put yourself in Gideon's shoes for just a moment, all right? Here's Gideon looking at an army of 135,000 people, soldiers. He calls his people together, 32,000 of them show up. He's outmanned four to one. He's concerned about this. And he thinks back to the days when, think about, think about when Joshua first came into the land. I mean, he was, that, there was a general. Joshua was a general of generals. That guy, he walked into the promised land. He didn't care who you were. He was going to tear you down. He didn't care how big your army was. He was going to flatten it. He didn't care how tall your walls were. He would walk around them and cause them to crumble. Joshua knew how to win a battle. If only Joshua were there then. (laughs) Joshua is dead, my friend. He lived generations ago. What he did happened generations ago. Joshua is not here. He is not coming. Guess who is here? Gideon is here, and it has fallen upon your shoulders to do this work. How many times have we thought to ourselves, oh, if only the Apostle Paul was here today. 
Could you imagine if the apostles were still walking around in America? To, could you imagine the miracles they'd be doing and the move of God they'd have? They would be in Washington. They would shake the very foundations of what our country has found on. They'd be calling down the power of God. They'd be doing demonstrations of miraculous deeds. If only the apostles were here. Well, guess what? Joshua's dead and so are the apostles. Guess who's there? Gideon's there, and we are here. And, the, and it fell upon Gideon's shoulders to do the job God wanted done, and I'm here to tell you it's on our shoulders to get the job done in this day. God is not raising up the Apostle Paul. He's not going to bring the Apostle Peter back to life. He's put us here to do the work. He's put you and me here to get this work done. What a great and mighty God we serve. So let's take a look here now at, um, at uh, Judges chapter number 6, verse 36. Well, I'm way ahead of my notes here. What's going on? There we go. Gideon said to God, if you will save Israel by my hands as you have said, if you're going to save Israel the way you said through me, that's a mighty undertaking, because nobody knows me like I know me. If you're going to save Israel through my hand, as you said, and you've given me 32,000 men to do it with against 135,000, I need a little bit of reassurance here. How many of you feel like you need some reassurance? I'm going to need some reassurance here. So he said, look, I'm going to put a fleece of wool on the threshing floor. And when the dew settles at night, if the dew settles on the fleece only and all around on the ground is dry, then I will know that you will save Israel by my hand, just as you've said. And it was so. Now, you would think God would get frustrated with him. Come on, Gideon. It wasn't enough that I had you pull down the altars and you saw the miracle I worked in there, and now you're questioning me? God didn't feel that way towards Gideon. He understood Gideon's frame of mind. He understood Gideon's mindset. He understood Gideon's frame. He understood Gideon's fears. And so instead of reprimanding Gideon, when Gideon was, was struggling with his relationship with God, God says, okay, is that what you need me to do? Okay, no problem. And sure enough, the Bible says, as it, he rose early the next morning and he picked up the fleece and he squeezed the fleece and he wrung out the dew out of the fleece, a bowl full of water and the ground was dry. Do you realize what God will do for you? Because He wants you to know that He has called you to the kingdom for such a time as this. You. Everyone say me. He's called us to the kingdom for such a time as this. But we have a hard time with that because Gideon, Gideon here is finding out just how difficult it is to live for God by faith alone. By faith alone. Gideon's finding out that it's tough to do the things God wants us to do simply by faith because we'd like to have a little bit of reassurance. When I'm getting ready to do something for God, I'd like to, if I can't see an angel next to me, I'd like to feel him. Huh? If I can't see Jesus walking with me, I'd like, to, I'd like to just have an overwhelming feeling. How many of you have ever felt like, where is God? 
Huh? Where is God? You know, the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, now faith, everyone say faith. Faith is the substance of the things that are hoped for. Faith is, not the feeling, not the sight, not the experience. Faith alone is the substance of things hoped for, and it is the evidence of things that are not seen. Faith is. Faith is the evidence of things that are not seen. Now herein lies our problem. This is our problem. This is your problem. This is my problem. This is every one of ours problem. This is it right here. You ready? We in our flesh have learned from the time we were infants to depend upon our five senses to figure things out. Right from, the, right from babyhood, we have learned to depend upon our five senses. If we hear somebody walking in the other room, we know somebody's in the other room. If we don't hear anything, we don't know. If we see mama walk through the door, we know mama's home. If we don't see mama, we're not sure. Huh? We have learned... And rightly so. I mean, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. God gave us five senses for a reason. But there is a sixth sense, and I'm not talking about ESP and all that stuff. I'm talking about faith. Talking about faith. Because faith is different than touch, hearing, sight, smell, or taste. You can't taste Jesus except by faith. You can't see Jesus except by faith. You can't feel Jesus except by faith. You can't hear Jesus except by faith. And you can't taste him except by faith. Oh, taste and see, the Bible says, that the Lord is good. Faith, remember this statement, faith always defies Fact. Someone walked in here and said it is a fact that there are, I don't know, however many people are here. I would say by faith there's one more. His name is Jesus. Just because you can't point at the chair he's sitting in, faith tells me there's more, more here than what, I, what my eyes are seeing. And I got a feeling there's more than just Jesus here. I got a feeling some of his angels are here. Faith tells me that. I don't see him with my eyes. I can't hear him with my ears. But by faith, I believe that wherever two or three gather together in his name, he's in our midst. Can you say amen? amen. Faith always defies facts. And if it didn't, then who needs faith? If it didn't, we would not need faith. Now, the Bible tells us that it is by faith that we come to repentance. Why do we repent of our sins? Because we believe that the Bible says, except we repent, we'll all likewise perish. We believe that by faith. We have not seen anybody perish. I mean, we've seen people die in the flesh, but we haven't seen them perish in eternity. We haven't seen it. But by faith, we believe 
that we must repent. It's by faith that we are baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. When you come up out of the water, do you see filth and sin floating in the, in the tank behind you? You don't see anything. Hopefully you don't see any dirt either, because hopefully you took a bath before you got baptized. Baptism is a, is a spiritual cleansing. No. <laughs> but it's by faith. It's by faith we go down in the water laden with sin. It's by faith that we come up out of the water feeling like our sins have been washed away. It is by faith that we reach out to God, we're filled with the Holy Ghost, and we begin to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gives us the utterance. It's by faith that we expect that to happen, and it does happen. It is all done by faith. The Bible said without faith, it is impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to God must first believe that He exists, and that He will reward you if you diligently seek Him. I'm here to tell every one of you today, I'm here to tell every one of you that are listening to me on a broadcast somewhere, whenever it may be, I'm here to tell you that God will reward you if you seek Him. He is a rewarder of those who diligently and earnestly seek Him. Now, Here's our problem. How many of you would say and agree with me that I do not consider myself a person of great faith? Anybody else feel that way? Nobody? Oh, two people over here? Okay. <laughs> I do not consider myself someone of great faith. I struggle with things. I have doubted God on many occasions. I have come over here late at night because I was unable to sleep because of burdens and worries that I must bring before the Lord because I don't have the faith to just sit back and say, ah, God will take care of it. I'm not sure I should do that. I think we do need to bring everything to, 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 to God in prayer. There was a man in chapter 9 of Mark. I'm not going to go through the scriptures. I'm just going to tell you the story. Look it up and read it for yourself. It's a beautiful story. He was uh, in chapter 9 of the Gospel of Mark. And uh, this man had a son that was possessed by a spirit. And the spirit, um, the man brought this boy to Jesus and, and uh, he, said, he said, there's a problem here. Your disciples weren't able to help. He said, my boy is in serious trouble. Uh, he said that he, uh, he, he has been, the spirit has robbed him of his speech. It causes him to, to go into seizures. It uh, throws him onto the ground, sometimes throws him into the fire. He foams at the mouth. He gnashes his teeth together. His body becomes rigid. And he said, uh, he said I, I, I need you to help me. And Jesus said, bring the boy. So he brings the boy over to him. And there he is. And Jesus says, before he heals the boy, he says this. He says, anything is possible. Anything is possible if you believe. You know what he's saying, don't you? Anything is possible if you have the faith. Now, all of you that are here today, or any of you that are watching today, you're here today or you're watching because you have a measure of faith. You wouldn't bother with any of this stuff if it weren't for faith. But how many of you feel like you have enough faith? 
How many of you feel like if God said, hey, I'm going to form a line over here, Jesus steps forward, I'm going to form a line right down here. Any of you that need some more faith, stand in line, I'll give it to you. How many of you are going to just sit back there and say, I don't anymore? Ah, I'm good. Anybody? No, we'd be running to see if we can be the first in line so he doesn't run out by the time he gets to me. This is what the man said when Jesus said, bring the boy. He said, anything is possible if you believe. You know, what the, you know what the father said? He said, Lord, I believe. But he didn't end there. He said, I believe. And then he said, help my unbelief. I thought you just said you believe. How can I help your unbelief if you already believe? What he was saying was, I've got a measure of faith, but help me have more of it. I've got some faith, but I want more of it. I've got a measure of faith, but give me more faith. Help my unbelief. I want to have a prayer life that cries out to God, help my unbelief. <laughs> Hallelujah. We all believe or we wouldn't be here right now, but we also struggle with unbelief or we'd be doing more than we do right now. Can you say amen? But God... Thank God understands our lack of faith. You realize that? He's not angry at you. He's not disappointed with you. He understands your lack of faith. He understands your inability sometimes to do the things He wants you to do. He understands your failures. He understands that you struggle. He understands that you have failed. He understands all of these things, and He's not angry. He's not angry. Listen to what Gideon does. Lord, I've got 32,000 men here, and there's 135,000 of them over there. I've got to go fight. And you know where that story goes, right? He ain't, he ain't fighting with 100, he ain't fighting with 32,000. We'll talk about that next week. He said, I got 32,000, I got 135,000 to face. If, you, if it's true, make the fleece wet and the ground dry. So God does it. Sure, I understand you have, you're struggling with your faith here. I'll make the fleece whole bowl of water. Gideon looks at that and he says, wow. He says, okay, don't be angry with me. <laughs> How many of you think God's angry with you? Because you have failed or because of your lack of faith, or because you haven't been faithful, and you think God must be angry with me? Don't be angry with me. Let me speak one more time. Let me test, I pray, just once more with the fleece. Still struggling. You worked a miracle for me, but I'm still struggling here. I'm still looking at the massive job ahead of me. And I'm still looking at the meager means that I have to do the job with. You ain't seen nothing yet. You ain't going with 32,000 people, just so you know. But Lord, I pray just one more time with the fleece. Let it now be dry on the fleece, but let the ground be all wet. And God did so that night. He did not reprimand Gideon. He did not become angry with Gideon. He said, okay. And so he did so that night, and it was dry on the fleece only, and there was dew on 
the ground. I want to wrap this up right now by asking you this. How many of you think that your fear, your inaction due to your lack of faith has separated you from God? How many of you think that your failure has caused God to withdraw His call on your life? How many of you feel like a failure because you're not doing all that you know God has for you to do? He understands your frame. He remembers that you are dust. And He is long-suffering toward us. And He will lead us and guide us until we believe that we are the ones that He called to Schenectady to this capital region for such a time as this very day. He could have had anybody live in this generation, but He chose you and me chose you, he chose me. And by faith, we are going to keep pressing on. And I close by saying this, never, 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 ever stop trying. Ever. Do not ever walk away from God and say he's done with me, ever, because he understands your struggles. He understands your lack of faith, and he has brought you to the kingdom for just such a time as this. Can we stand together? We're not coming to the altar again today because we have to practice social distancing. But let us stand in our seats and lift our hands to heaven and ask God to help our unbelief. Oh Lord Jesus, I believe. Help my unbelief. I trust you. Help me to trust you more. I want to serve you. Help me to serve you better. Mold in me and make me what I need to be for your namesake. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to the Maranatha Ministries podcast. If this message touched you, please make sure to subscribe for more sermons from Pastor Frank and the ministry team here at Maranatha, as well as follow us on our social media platforms. We are located in Schenectady, New York, and if you are in the area, we invite you to join us during our weekly Sunday service starting at 10.30 a.m. We look forward to you joining us again next week for another anointed message. Thank you and God bless.